Hello and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Christian Chick podcast. Another Thursday, another episode. It's your girl Amanda and here we are. So we are back um, back in the swing of things just, you know, with the episodes and the season and couldn't be more excited. Again, it's the month of March, so you already know what we're going to be doing for this month. We are discussing women from the Bible that we can learn from, right? We are celebrating women. We are just so glad to learn from these women, to know their stories, to know their history, even the ones that don't have names. And I'm not going to ramble too much. I'm just going to, I kind of just want to get right into this one because I'm super excited. So I'll give you guys a backstory. When I wanted to do this episode, I was focusing on one specific woman at the time. Well, actually, she was a girl at the time. Her story was in the Bible. So I was focusing on her. And then I'm like, you know what? I can't explain her story without explaining every other woman that she came in contact with. And when I really started digging and really started reading it, I realized it's an actual group of women that made history, that actually changed the course of history. So I was like, you know what? This ain't going to be one woman. It's not going to be two. It ain't going to be three. It's going to be five women. So I know y'all probably thinking like, what five women? Like, who is it? But don't worry. I'm going to explain it to you guys. The story takes place in two chapters in the Bible. The first one being Exodus 1. And then the real story that I wanted to talk about is Exodus 2. But I couldn't talk about Exodus 2 without speaking about Exodus chapter 1. So I'm not going to read Exodus chapter 1. I kind of want to paraphrase it. So in Exodus chapter 1, what's happening is Joseph is dead, right? And his whole family is dead pretty much. But the Israelites are still, you know, they're out there flourishing like generations are being born so many israelites are being born and now there is a new pharaoh in place the new pharaoh has no idea who joseph was he could probably care less and he's getting kind of worried he sees like yo like the israelites are kind of like increasing in numbers um it's kind of scary because if we ever go to war the israelites might team up with our enemy and they'll defeat us so he makes it a law that No, first he says the Israelites should be enslaved. So they enslaved the Israelites, which we all know, but that didn't stop the Israelites from increasing in number. Like they still getting it in. They're still having babies. They're still doing their thing. So now the Pharaoh's like, you know what? We just got to kill all the, all the men that are born. Well, all the babies that are male. So he gives instructions to the midwives. There are two midwives, two women. And these are the two women, the first two women I want to highlight. He gives instructions to them and he tells them their names are Sifra and Pua. He's like, when you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let them live. But in Exodus 1, chapter 17, well, sorry, in Exodus chapter 1, verse 17, it says, but because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders and they allowed the boys to live. So, you know, the the king is obviously still seeing male babies being born and he's like yo like what are you guys doing i told you guys to kill all the male babies that are born so really the midwives told him he's like the hebrew women are not like the egyptian women the midwives replied they are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly that 
that we cannot get to them in time. And it says, so God was good to the midwives and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. So those are the two women I want to talk about first. I'm not really going to dig into their stories because I want to go to the next chapter and kind of talk about some other women and then just tie it all together. So now we're moving on to Exodus chapter two. So for Exodus chapter two, I am going to start with verse one. And the header says the birth of Moses. Around this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that there was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Soon, Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take the baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Y'all, like... That story is crazy because if you truly think about it, like I don't even want to talk about it right now, but like think about how crazy that is. You getting paid to breastfeed your own child. <laughs> like what? Can you like for all the mothers out there, we all know how tasking breastfeeding is. Imagine getting paid to do it, to breastfeed your own child, like your kid, the kid that you gave birth to. You get to breastfeed him and get paid. So anyway, when I was thinking about it, I really wanted to talk about Moses' sister. At the time, we don't know her name, but her name is Miriam. We come to find that out later, you know, when she's with Moses, Aaron, and um, when she's with them too. But again, I really wanted to talk about her because I'm like, this is a young girl. Like, I think she was probably like, based on the Bible, she would have been around seven years old or 10 years old. And I just felt like, Wow. A lot of people discredit kids like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're talking about. But when you really let a kid shine, they go far. Like they really have a lot to offer, but we really discredit them. So when I wanted to talk about her, I was like, but how can I talk about her if I don't talk about the midwives that sacrificed themselves? Or if I don't talk about Moses' mother that actually kept the baby hidden for three months? Or if I don't talk about Pharaoh's daughter? Because Truly, Pharaoh's daughter saw the baby and she could have been like, oh my goodness, a Hebrew boy, kill him. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm like, you know what? I have to talk about all these women and we have to see how when women work together, even unknowingly, they can change the course of generations, which is what happened here. Moses was the actual tool that God used to free the Israelites out of Egypt generations to come you know so imagine Moses died imagine Moses actually would have been killed when he was supposed to be like what would have happened what would have happened to the Israelites and that's something I think we really need to talk about like we need to get into so again I'll start with the midwives with them you know they were given a specific order by Pharaoh and truly 
we sometimes as women, we may be in situations where we are under some sort of authority and we're given orders. And not every order sits right with your spirit, right? Not every order is something good. Just because someone in power said it doesn't mean that it's good. And these women, it's said that they feared God, right? It feared God and they stuck to what they knew was right, right? You are killing innocent boys for what? Out of a fear that they may one day grow up and turn against you? Like, there's no guarantee that that would happen. So why are you killing these young boys? Why are you killing these babies, you know? And so I like that they stuck to what was right. And that that's a lesson for us. Stick to what you know is right. It's hard. I'm not out here saying that, oh, yeah, like you could just go against, you know, but stick to stick to what you know is right. Because as we see here, God was faithful to them. God did not let them be killed or consumed or destroyed. And also, if you read further, it said because of their faithfulness, God blessed them with a family of their own. So I think that says a lot about, number one, the faithfulness of God. Right. It shows a lot about God's faithfulness when we are faithful to him. So I wanted to start with the midwives. These are two women. The Bible says that there are two women. It gives their names. And right there, those are two women that obviously, I'm sure they may have been scared, like I said, but they had each other as that encouragement. Maybe if one of them wanted to break, the other one's like, nah, sis, like, you you know, we can't do it. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's just not the right thing to do. So then I want to move on to Moses' mother. For me, I think it's important when the Bible does mention women, I think we need to pay a lot of attention to it because most of the known characters in the Bible are male. That's quite obvious. We all know that. So even if the story is just two verses and it mentioned a woman, try to take some time to pay attention to it. Moses' mother, she she saw something in her son that she just knew that this child was blessed, right? So she had that discernment, which is huge for us as women, having discernment. And she hid that baby for three months. Now, babies cry whenever they want to cry. Babies cry, they do whatever they want to do. And imagine trying to hide a newborn baby. This lady is courageous. Do you know how much courage you have to have? Because truth be told, I'm pretty sure if they would have found out that she was hiding a male baby, she would have been done. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know, but I'm, I'm assuming that, like, she was risking her life in doing so. So to see that she was still willing to take that risk because of the blessing that she saw in the child, it really shows me that she's courageous. And that's what can apply to us, too, as women. Like, we have to be courageous. We have to go out there and do things that it's like people would think you're crazy for doing it. But she still did it anyway. The Bible doesn't mention what Moses' dad was doing during the three months. Like it just says a man and a woman met, got married and had a baby. But what was he doing? Where was he at? You know what I'm saying? Like, hello. But it specifically says that she hid the baby. After three months when she could hide him no longer, it says she got a basket. She waterproofed it with tar and pitch. Now, this is important because the Nile River, if anybody knows anything about the Nile River, is filled with crocodiles. So she had to waterproof it. She had to protect it because she's putting this baby in a basket filled with crocodiles. So for her to actually put her baby in this water just shows that she's also a risk taker. Now, not only she's a risk taker, but she's a calculated risk taker because, again, she built something that the baby could stay in that would potentially protect him. And... um. 
I don't know if she knew it would work, but it seems like she was willing to take the chance. And obviously she did. So she's courageous. She's innovative because, you know, you just building baskets out here. Like, I don't know how to build a basket, but she's out here building baskets that babies can float in. And again, she's a risk taker. That's all huge because it plays a huge role. The first risk she took was even keeping Moses and keeping him for the three months. And then she you know, was taking another risk by putting him in the water because who knows where the basket could have gone? You know, who knows what could have happened to the basket? So there's a lot to learn from the mother of Moses. Again, at the time, it doesn't mention her name, but if you read further in the Bible, she's mentioned a couple of times. Her name is Josebed. So that's something to keep in note. So we got the midwives, we got the mother of Moses, but now I want to move on to Moses' sister, which is the person I originally wanted to talk about because I am just so impressed with this little girl um so impressed with her so I'm pretty sure she peeps what her mom is doing she's like okay here's my baby brother he's put in a basket in the Nile River what's gonna happen to him so the Bible says that when she's when Moses is put in the basket it says the baby sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him so she's just watching at this point probably just seeing how far it's gonna go that's when Pharaoh's daughter came and she saw the basket. Her servant opens the basket and they see the baby. So here comes Moses' sister. She approaches Pharaoh's daughter and she says, should I go find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? So obviously Pharaoh's daughter didn't give birth to the baby and she probably, she may not have given birth. So she probably doesn't have breast milk. Moses' sister at a young age is still so quick-witted. She's thinking on her feet. She's thinking fast because it's like, you know, there's a, this is my brother. This is a little brother. She knows that, right? So she's quick-witted and she asks, should she go find a Hebrew woman to nurse the baby? Like, how smart do you have to be to think of something like that? That is so smart. I can't, I just can't even think about like, I don't even think I would have thought of that. You know, because it's just like, okay, yeah, actually go find me a, a Hebrew woman because I don't got the breast milk to do it. And ain't no formula. There's no Similac, <laughs> you know, so the baby needs to be fed. So she goes and gets her own mom, Moses' mother. Like she literally just goes to get her own mom. And it's just like, mom, they're about to pay you to breastfeed the baby. Like we couldn't have struck a better deal. <laughs> I'm sorry, this probably may not be crazy to you guys, but to me, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, man, these women are legit. Like, they are so smart. They are so brave. They are just so amazing. So she goes and gets her own mom, which is Moses' mom as well, to breastfeed the baby. Um, so she's quick-witted. She thinks fast on her feet, even for a child. And I just believe that she's heroic. I think that she is the one that really pulled the story together from my perspective. I know everyone had such a major role in what they played, but she pulled the story together from my perspective by being able to have Moses grow up with his family, you know? So now there's no fear. No one can approach Moses' mom because it's like, oh, you know, Pharaoh's, actually Pharaoh's daughter is actually paying me to do this type of thing. And now I actually want to move on to Pharaoh's daughter because... Although she is an Egyptian and she realizes that this is a Hebrew baby, she still showed compassion. And I think that says a lot to us women 
to just be compassionate. Even when you know that something is not how it's intended to be, it's still okay to show compassion because she easily could have been like, servants, go kill this baby or whatever. But she's just like, nah, like, no. You know, this is a baby boy, helpless. He has no say for himself. He can't defend himself. And you know what? We're going to take care of him. We're going to take care of him. And that's what they did. They truly did take care of Moses. Um, And Moses is actually the one that had to, he left Egypt on his own because of what he did, if you keep reading. But I just think that Moses was put in such a good position from, from birth. And it was really because of all of these women. Like the women came in and saved the day for this man. And we see it throughout history. And I'm not shaming men, right? But I'm really just uplifting women. We see how we see how so many women throughout history, not just the Bible, throughout history. Like we got Joan of Arc, you know, throughout history that have just been saving the day, doing the thing, taking risks, being courageous, you know, not being scared or fearful or worried, like just out here sacrificing it all. Because at any point, any one of these women and girls could have been killed for what they did, starting from the midwives. The midwives could have been so easily killed because Pharaoh gave them specific direct instructions. Kill every male child. They didn't do it. Moses' mother hides her baby for three months. She could have been killed. Moses' sister, if they found out that she was the sister of Moses and you're over here like making this scheme for your mom to get breastfeed to feed your brother, who knows what happened to her? And then Pharaoh's daughter, of course, like, One could say, oh, well, she's Pharaoh's daughter, so she's protected. But to sacrifice your family potentially going against you, you know, that could have been an option. Who knows? Who really knows? So I just am really encouraged by all of these women. Again, I see the power of when women work together, whether they know they're working together or whether they're just being good. And that in turn helps people. And that's what happened here. The Israelites were were able to be saved, you know, because really it was, although it was Moses primarily, Aaron and Mar- uh, Miriam, which are his siblings, played a huge part of the Israelites leaving Egypt as well. Like they all worked together. And um, I just think it's so important to highlight these women and to talk about all of their stories and to learn from each and every one of them, because from each and every one of them, you can learn something different. So... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you guys could tell me like who you feel really carried the story the most from your perspective. Again, for me, it's Miriam, Moses' sister. Um, but y'all let me know like what woman or what what women really played a huge part in this role. And that's kind of like what I wanted to talk about today because I'm just I was so excited about it. I'm so excited about them, and it encourages me to want to work with women because. I don't know if you're anything like me. I'm more of like, oh, I just rather I'd rather do things on my own. I I kind of like to be independent and work solo type of thing. But I'm really about sisterhood now because I just see the power the power of women united and working together. So that's me. Um, yay! Like <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love learning about these women, and it encourages me to just want to know more and more and more. So I hope you guys are encouraged. I hope you guys will read up about them, learn from them, pick out what may stand out to you that's different from them, what I said. Of course, you know we all have different perspectives, but 
I appreciate you guys. Feel free to follow Confessions of a Christian Chick on Instagram or send an email to confessionsofachristianchick at gmail.com and I'll catch you guys next Thursday. Bye.